Welcome. I'm Jim. And I'm Tuck. And this is Beer in the Heart of Texas. A podcast dedicated to reviewing the beers of Texas. For podcast episode number one, we decided to review both Shinerbach and Lone Star Beer, two of the most traditional, most iconic Texas beers. But before we review the beers, we thought we'd talk a little bit about what we've been drinking. So Jim, what have you been drinking? Great question. Probably the go-to right now is Revolver's Blood and Honey. It's a Texas ale which contains both blood oranges and Texas honey. And beyond that, it's really, it's, there's a mix. My refrigerator right now is full of a lot of beers I've never even tried. Uh, I'm looking forward to. The one that stands out most to me is a beer called Crawford Bach. It's a beautiful, beautiful can. I have to admit that the can alone, the uh, 70s Astros, I had to buy it. And haven't tried it. Looking forward to it. I'll let you know. So what exactly does it look like? Well, it has the, if you remember, the 1970s Astros jerseys. It has the, uh, what, sunburst rainbow. Okay, okay. On the the can, prominently displayed. It's beautiful. The Nolan Ryan? The Nolan Ryan J.R. Richard. Perfect, perfect. I'm going to have to try that. Tuck, how about... How about you? What have you been drinking? Well, my go-to beer is, as always, and it has been for a long time, Shiner Bach. It has always been one of my favorites. When I was in college, I first tried it. I went down to Austin, and I really liked it, and it lucked out that a few months later is when it actually started becoming distributed nationally, and I've pretty much drank it since then. I'll tell you more about that later on in the podcast. Uh, The beer I'm looking forward to most to be trying is Idiot's Hill American Ale Works from Armadillo Ale. Uh, It is one of my favorite uh, breweries, and this one is actually named after my neighborhood that I live in. Uh, It's a strong American ale, high alcohol content, but everyone who's tried it has said it's wonderful, and it's where I live. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Okay. Seems appropriately named. Yes, yes indeed. Yeah, I saw actually Idiot's Hill for the first time yesterday. I was out and about and saw it, nearly purchased it. Right now the fridge, between uh, having two daughters in college, the fridge is quite full of different Texas uh, beers right now, so I don't have the room to grab it, but yeah, certainly that's, that's coming up soon. Oh, I'll bring you a can. Okay, all right. Today we're starting with Lone Star and Shiner Bach, certainly two of the oldest, two of the most well-known beers in Texas. Uh, it's interesting, uh, in part, Tuck, would you, uh, why did we choose these two beers? Uh, really, they are the ones that represent Texas beers. Uh, pretty much everyone knows Lone Star, right? because we're the Lone Star State. And it's been around forever. And then Shiner. Shiner has become, since it began distributed nationally, one of the most recognizable beers in the country. And it is really representing Texas. You know, it's furthermore, it's interesting in that you assume, well, I assumed as before I looked into and we started researching these two breweries, I always thought Lone Star was the oldest. It's the national beer of Texas. It's, it's definitely the oldest of the two. Uh, we found out Shiner, when, uh, when was Shiner uh, Bach first brewed? Shiner Bach actually started being brewed in 1913, about five years, give or take, after uh, 
uh, the brewery itself opened. Okay. Whereas Lone Star, and this was, you know, the brewery itself goes back to the 1880s, but Lone Star beer in its current its current formula that was first brewed in 1940, and, and so just a little bit of background on the beer on the brewery. Um, the brewery was actually founded in 1883 by Adolphus Bush, of all people. Is that the Bush from the Bush family? Indeed, nice. it's the you know iconic figure in American beers. Um, he, along with a number of San Antonio businessmen founded a brewery in San Antonio in 1883. That brewery went through several different hands, several different ownership groups, multiple names, where it then finally, following Prohibition, in 1940, they invited uh, the new brewery, invited a new brewmaster by the name of Peter Kreil from Munich. He's the one who created the formula that we now know as Lone Star. And this was? In 1940. Okay. Um, Beyond that, what should you know, or what might you want to know about Lone Star? In 1965, their annual sales exceeded 1 million barrels a year. And so in the early or to mid-20th century, Lone Star is a lot bigger than Shiner, uh, which surprised me. So they were pretty much a national brewery almost right away. This was still mainly in Texas, okay, but it, it certainly had a far greater reach than did Shiner. Okay. And then you start getting into the later 20th century when the brewery was just went through series after series of acquisitions. It was purchased by Olympia out of the state of Washington. Then Lone Star changes hands again and is purchased by G. Heileman out of La Crosse, Wisconsin. Then it was purchased by um, Stroh's Brewing out of Detroit. That's the name that probably drove the final nail in the coffin in the sense of um, Stroh's was the company that shut down the uh, original Lone Star Brewing facility in San Antonio. That was in 1999. And Lone Star at that point sort of was in, it was not sure if they were going to continue. From there, um, in, actually that was in 96, sorry. They shut down the brewery in 96, they moved it to Longview. In 1999, Pabst purchased the, uh, many of the Stroh brands, um, including Lone Star. Now, is this Pabst Blue Ribbon Pabst, the hipster? Yes. Yes. And from there, what became noteworthy is Lone Star beer is now manufactured, of all places, it's manufactured at the Miller facility in Fort Worth. And so it's not out of San Antonio. It's out of... Uh, Fort Worth, Texas. All right, Tuck, we just uh, we just poured Lone Star and actually took our first uh, sip of it. I, I got to admit, I haven't had a Lone Star in, well, I don't remember when. I've, I know I've had it before, but it's been a while. A couple things really that stood out to me with the pour, uh, you noticed it as well. Would you want to mention that? It The foam, there was foam, and then it almost went away immediately. Not a lot of bubbles uh kind of disappointing i have to be honest right right yeah. it, it was it was very interesting it's if we hadn't mentioned before um lone star is a an american style lager it is such an iconic texas brew uh beer that 
with this beer, we were wanting to, well, with all of the beers, we want to rank them and rate them. Before we rank them, can you tell me like the alcohol content and all of that real fast so we have a idea? Right. The alcohol content, uh, the ABV for Lone Star is 4.7. It also, with their IBU, the International Bitterness Unit, that came in at a 10. So it's not very bitter. Middle of the road with... Uh, so probably a little bit on the low side with uh, alcohol content. Pretty much like your standard, basic American lagers that everyone's familiar with. Your your Buds, your Millers. Right. Things like that. Okay. It's on par with that. Gotcha. And in the same thing, by the same vein, when we first uh, took, a, took a sip of Lone Star, kind of that's what we first came to mind, it wasn't it? It definitely tasted like just those beers. That are so nationally known and sometimes made fun of for their taste and right. just Lack standardization. Yeah. And so there's uh, ultimately with our ratings, there's four separate criteria. And, and so let me just introduce those four. There's the label or bottle. That's the appearance. That's the image. That's the, you know, does it have any type of wow factor that you see it in the store? And, you know, I, I just want to have that. I'm that. It grabs your eye. Like the uh, Crawford Ale, Crawford Bach you were mentioning yes. earlier to, That would show. be a great example. Um, secondly, just a- after the pour, the appearance as well as the smell. That's the second criteria. Thirdly, there is the taste as well as the aftertaste, uh, which we'll get to. It, it, there's a couple, probably the most important feature, I think, certainly I of any beer. But uh, Lone Star, we'll get to that. And then lastly, and this is a little difficult to describe, just to what extent is this beer a Texas beer? The intangibles that make it Texas. That is that beer that when people think of, they're like, oh, that is Texas. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so let's go ahead. We just, uh, like I said, we just uh, poured and just had our first sip of Lone Star. And... uh, Tuck, with the label, the bottle, um, I'll start out, and then if you would tell us your rating as well. Okay. The Lone Star, you look at the bottle, you have the red shield, the gold star. It is absolute, iconic Texan. It's a beautiful, you know, it's the national beer of Texas. Which is on there. It is prominently displayed. And and so I gave it uh, five stars out of five. I also gave it five stars out of five. I know it when I see it at the store. I know exactly what I'm getting. It says Texas to me on the label. Even the camo version, which they also make, which includes the same elements, but in camo, uh, (laughs) it really says uh, Lone Star to me, and it is a great label. I also gave it five. So that is a total of 10 points on the label and outside appearance of the beer. And the appearance, this is after the pour, as well as the smell. For Lone Star, you know, out of five stars, I gave it a three. I think that was somewhat of a generous three. It, it's it's a light, you know, Texas or American style lager. And, you know, one of the things that stood out, as you mentioned, the, the foam, it, it dissipated so very, very quickly. But... You know, it still has that inviting appearance. It, you know, it doesn't have that dark color or anything like that that intimidates a lot of people. It, it's light. 
the smell. I didn't think there was that strong a smell. It doesn't, it certainly doesn't overwhelm you. Uh, how about you, Tuck? Oh, to finish, I gave it a three. I think I mentioned that, but where was your, what was your rating? Um, I also gave it a three. Um, the smell to me, it smelled like just what beer smelled like when I would sneak a smell and possibly a sip of my dad's beer back when I was a kid. So there was that element of reminiscence of memories of that, which can play a part of uh, the, the appearance itself. It, it's a very, I don't want to say weak, but it's definitely a light color beer. Not a lot going on, kind of disappointing. And I do want to add that we will be putting up pictures of both the bottle and right. the beer on our uh, Facebook page, Instagram, all of that. So be sure to check that out if you want a better idea of what we are saying. So that is a total for both of us of six points. Criteria number three, the taste as well as the aftertaste. For me, I'll start out just this was a two. I've had worse. Perhaps that's the nicest, uh, one of the nicest things I can say about Lone Star is I would drink it. Um, I do occasionally. It's, it's been a while, but uh, it's one of those beers I don't seek out. And now I know why, again, just reminded by that, that uh, it's not something that I would frequent. It's, uh, it's not something I would readily turn down necessarily, though, either. I, I agree. I gave it a two as well. We're in a lot of agreement here. Same reason as you. I would not turn one down if I got one, but I also would not seek it out. Uh, the last time, uh, the last few times I've had a Lone Star, I've been out with friends. I've actually settled up my tab and then they decided to stay for one more and I maybe had $3 in my pocket and I'm like, that will get me a Lone Star so I got a Lone Star. They are famous for being a college beer, meaning they are affordable right. to everyone. And so that gives us a total of four points. So finally. The last uh, criteria is just to what extent is Lone Star a Texas beer? Uh, Tuck, for this one, why don't we start with you? Okay. The idea behind this is, like we said, it's the intangibles. It's the thing of, is it Texas? And honestly, on this one, I gave it a 10. I may not like the flavor as much as some of the other beers we're going to try, but when I see a Lone Star, I think Texas. When I'm back home in Arkansas, I've seen Lone Star, and I get homesick for my new home in Texas. It is, to me, a Texas beer. So I gave it a 10. Okay. My rating, uh, first time I guess we differed... I I gave it what I would also consider a very high score. I gave it an 8 okay, out of 10. High. And for many of the same reasons. It's so iconic. It's such a standard. You go out, you know, you go to a steakhouse throughout, you know, rural Texas, and you see Lone Star signs. You see they typically will have Lone Star. They'll have Shiner Bach. And so there's just a lot about the beer that, uh, to me, stands out and just, it absolutely encapsulates a lot of what you think of when you think of Texas and Texas beers. And so for me, yeah, it, it's an 8 out of 10. Um, that puts us, what, to... Uh, the total points, uh, 18 for the Texas. And then our total points, there are 38 points. 
38 out of... 38 out of 50. So it is a pretty decently ranked beer. And I think most of that comes from the just being the label and the Texas. The rest of it, yeah. if it was a different label, a different name, I probably would not drink it. But... You're, you're, you bring up a very good point. I mean, you look at the 38 points and 28 of the 38 points were its appearance or its just the perceived aspect of this is Texas. Yes. So, yes. All right. On to beer number two. Our second beer is Shiner Bach, one of the most iconic Texas beers. It has been brewed at the Spetzel Brewery since 1913. The Spetzel Brewery itself opened up in San Antonio, or Shiner, Texas, uh, in 1909. So like I said, about four or five years later, they began brewing Shiner Bach. It was started by a group of German Czech immigrants who did not like American beer and wanted to bring a taste of home back. Uh, they hired a man named Cosmos Spetzel to begin brewing beer. He made a dark Bach beer, which we know of as Scheider Bach. It's a malty, uh, very dark brown in color. Uh, to me, looks delicious. Uh, 73% of Shiner brewed today is Shiner Bach. It used to only be brewed during Lent season. Right. So they would start it, and then as Lent, they would start it right around the new year, let it ferment, all that, and then by Lent, it would be ready. How long has it been around, uh, year-round? Did you happen to find that? Year-round, it started in Texas being year-round around 1970s, early 70s, 73, I believe, uh, somewhere in there. And it did go national in 1991 when it went to Nashville, Tennessee, which was the first place that it went outside of the state of Texas. Uh, that is due to uh, someone we should all be familiar with, Willie Nelson. Huge fan. We'll talk about him here again in a second. And then around 93, 94, it began to move into the neighboring states uh, where it quickly grew in popularity, and now it is sold in every state in the United States except for Hawaii, but they still are able to get it every once in a while. Really? Yes. Uh, there's, as always, everywhere, some real Texas fans of Shiner. Cosmos himself is the first brewer. There have only been six brewmasters at Shiner. All right, we are starting off our review of Shiner Bach. Uh, like all the beers previously... For the first three, label and outside appearance, uh, overall appearance after the pour, and then taste and aftertaste, each one of us gets five points. And then for is it a Texas beer, we each get 10 points. So there is a total of 50 points. So let's start off with the label. It is yellow, uh, a, a very recognizable yellow, Ram in the bottom corner, Shiner, Spetzel Brewery, uh, their slogan, every drop of Shiner is made in Shiner, brewed in Shiner. I think, you know, what stands out to me there, too, is it it just hasn't changed. There's so little change in that uh, in that bottle, its appearance. It's, it's it, a beautiful thing. It really is, and it's, it's so recognizable. When I first had it, I went to Austin 
to visit uh, some people down at UT. That was all they were drinking. And then when I got back to Arkansas, few months later, maybe six, eight months later, I was driving with some friends and I saw a signage at a liquor store for Shiner. I recognized it immediately, made them pull across three lanes of traffic to go into that <laughs> liquor store so I could get it. And it was really one of my happiest memories of college, which is, well, <laughs> I'm proud of that. that. Yes, it does. Thank yes, you. it does. Uh, so for the label, I did give it a five. And for many of the same reasons you said, yeah, just as well. I gave it a five. And so it ended up with the, the label, the bottle image, the appearance. That side of it was 10 points. Yes. I would like to add that a lot of people ask, why is there a ram on the label? It is a Bavarian all malt lager. And it was originally made in Einbach. Uh, which is a little town outside in Bavaria. And the way with the Munich accent, box were pronounced, it actually meant Billy Goat. Okay. Uh, they had a strong accent, and so like a, not unlike a Texas accent. And so other regions of Germany made fun of them and started putting the goat on the label. And nice. That's what nice. I have a ram. All right. For appearance, um, it is an all malt. It is a golden brown. Uh, great foam on it, lasted, uh, everything about it looked warm and inviting, and it really made me want to drink it. I gave it a five, Jim? I also gave it a five. You know, one thing, just for no other reason than we just, you know, comparing it to the Lone Star, it, from the very, very beginning, the foam even still had some of that amber color to it. The uh, the beer itself, uh, it, the smell, the aroma, there was a there was a nice, pleasant, almost a sweet smell to Shiner Bach, and so I gave it a four. Um, did I say five? You did say five. I'm sorry. I you gave need it to a make four. up your your mind. Four it's or five. Four. It's okay. A four. It's a four. Um, but yeah, it's it's outstanding. I agree. Uh, I even I even smelled a little bit of it was almost caramel. Right. In the uh, the smell. All right. Uh, Jim, what did you say for taste? Taste and aftertaste, two very different things. Um, I gave it a four overall. The taste is outstanding. Um, certainly, I've had, you know, countless beers that have a stronger, bolder, uh, bigger taste to it. But probably what really caused me to give Shiner Bach a four more than anything else is the aftertaste. I'm a big fan of beers that uh, don't stay forever sort of on your palate that they just almost dissolve and fade away and and shiner bach to me is one of the very best it, it stands out you taste it it's it's not you know the biggest largest boldest taste but it's it's a big taste and it's nice but it just it goes away and and for me yeah that's absolutely why i gave it a four okay uh i also gave it a four uh i love the taste um when I have gone to steakhouses, it is one of my favorite beers to get with food because, like you were saying, it's got a big, bold taste, but then the aftertaste doesn't linger. It, it just really, it, like it's almost sweet, like right. you said, but not too sweet. It just, I really enjoy the flavor. Yeah, and, speaking of that, you brought up a good point. Uh, Shiner Bach for my wife and I, it's probably our go-to beer that we use 
when uh, we're going to be cooking bratwurst or grilling bratwurst, um, whether you um, boil the brats first in beer, it's shiner. Or whether you, you cook them on the grill first and then throw them in a crock pot and let them simmer in a beer, it's still the go-to is Shiner Bach. It, it, it's outstanding. Now, now I want brats. <laughs> and uh, I've actually, uh, along with that, I've used it in both chili and meatloaf and it makes a good uh, kind of base for that. Uh, not too heavy, etc. All right, finally, is it Texas? Is it a Texas beer? Jim, why don't you give us your score? I gave Scheinerbach a nine. Now it's hard, you know, I don't know what that 10 magic number looks like. Um, maybe I'll know it when I taste it. I'll know it when I see it. But uh, Scheinerbach is, it's high on the Texas rating because for several reasons. One, um, when you drive down, if you haven't made the trip, I would highly encourage you, go down to Shiner. It's a hike, but uh, from a lot of places, from a lot of the major cities in Texas, it's it's a good distance, and yet, you know, go on the tour, um, take in the town. It uh, is very much a Texas beer. Everything about it. Um, I went ahead and gave it a ten. Uh, there's a lot of bias. There's a actually not a lot of bias. It is a iconic Texas beer, but I don't see myself giving a lot of tens to many other beers. And this is the one I'm going to compare most Texas beers to. Um, and that's for me just because it is my Texas beer and there is no other, the yellow of the signs, the bottle, you drive through a town, you see it, you know exactly what you're getting. It's so well made. I've not been to the brewery, but it is high up on my list of places I want to go to. So uh, it's a 10 for me. Uh, that is a total of 19. So for label, 10. For appearance, 9. Taste got an 8. And then the Is It a Texas Beer got a 19. That is a total of 46, which I think is going to be one of our higher scores, if I had to guess. Uh, again, this is the first episode, so we've tried two. Right. Uh, so it is the highest ranked beer of all the ones we've tried. <laughs> Both of them. It's number one out of yes, two. Yes, it's number one. So uh, we'll see how it stands up as we start to test other beers. And um, so 46, I would say a strong Texas beer. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, final thoughts. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say both of these beers, I would call, have lived up to their iconic Texas beer status. Uh, different reasons. Uh, taste one was a little higher in taste but both of them as far as that what makes a texas beer both scored very highly right. uh, both of them i would drink jim you know very I, i'm very much in agreement uh you know one is just an outstanding it's it's a go-to in that you pretty much would never refuse a shiner box. No, no. Um, and then Lone Star, you know, for very similar memories that uh, Lone Star to me is that Fourth uh, of July picnic where that your uncle, when you're five years old, yes, offers you the sip. Yes, that's Lone Star beer. I agree. Um, I agree. And so both lived up to their status. Thank you again for listening to Beer in the Heart of Texas. And before we go, we'd like to thank a couple of people. First of all, Jeff Blankenship for creating the music heard in the podcast, and friend of the podcast, Michael Vick, for helping us with all the technical support and advice. 
And let's not forget, we need to support our local breweries. And please tip your bartenders well, for they're doing the Lord's work. Thank you.